Hi, you are listening to the Conflict and Development in Africa podcast. This podcast is for policymakers, governments, researchers, students, businesses, and anyone that is interested in conflict and development issues in Africa. On this podcast, we hear from experts from across Africa and the world. Your host, Dr. Michael Wangpa, will ask the questions you would want answers to. Michael Wangpa has an extensive experience spanning over a decade studying, researching, writing and consulting on conflict and development issues in Africa. Welcome to another episode of the Conflict and Development in Africa podcast. Uh, I am your host, Dr. Michael Wampa. Uh, today, we're going to be exploring an important um, topic, um, uh, the COP28 uh, agreements and how that benefits the climate narrative in, in Africa. Uh, today, I am joined by a special guest, um, Her Excellency. Chizoba Charity Nziako. Uh, Charity uh, Chizoba is an award-winning climate change uh, champion. Uh, she's an innovator. She's a, a researcher, advocate, and an, an entrepreneur. Uh, she's a future leader in the field of climate and um, and clean clean energy. Uh, Chizoba has um has been has received several awards, including the African SDG Achievers Award uh, in 2023 that was um, awarded by the African SDG Summit uh, for her uh, role in climate um, actions. She's a member of Nuclear for Climate. Uh, she's Forbes BLK, uh, as well as uh, the Queen's Commonwealth Youth Trust Network. Um, Chizaba is currently the founder and CEO of Zobo and Climate uh, Chain Technology. Uh, Chisa, but you've you've you you have quite an in, in interesting and impressive um, resume there. Uh, uh, we're we're so lucky and happy to have you uh, on board today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm very happy to be on this call today with you. That's great. That's great. So so I just I'll just go. I, I've seen some of your uh, lovely pictures um, during the COP twenty eight. Uh, conference in 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 dubai uh i, I want let, let me start off by asking you your personal experience uh in that in this just concluded um uh summit or, or conference and what you observe how you know what what is your personal experience let's start from there oh i would say i did a um a good time as an observer 
because I went to actually observe the energy conversations as a climate and clean energy professional. But then again, of course, I did witness other, you know, other innovative technologies that was on display and other activities too that was taking place there. So it was really an original experience and as well as um, uh, so um, insightful and uh, we could say, okay, I believe that uh, for now, my, my hopes are that the agreement that we reached at COP28 will come into fulfillment in the in nearest times. And it wouldn't be like, you know, um, it wouldn't um, be like what we have seen in previous years as like um, just a, a talk without doing conference, you know. So we need, um, we need action this time. We need, you know, real climate actions and not just climate talks so it was a great experience in all mm, great uh we, we were talking about actions and not just talks that's that's uh, uh amazing this this just concluded conference uh was the first uh global stock take which i think is in line with what you're talking about more actions and and, and less talk uh do you have a feeling that uh this is a game changer compared to previous um, uh, conferences in terms of like the... Yeah, all the um, previous conferences has actually, you know, like in, in COP27, we saw the, um, the we witnessed, you know, the loss and damage funds. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, this one, the, the global stock take, of course, yeah, um, this is a great uh, milestone, I, I would say. And um, more, than, uh, more than a stock take, I would say we want you know credible actions to be implemented and this is coming from the fact that you know after the launch of the loss and damage fund that got in seven we had an empty pause you know all through until now so now we're looking at not just you know this um saying we're, we're going to fund these we are uh, we are donating these or we are pledging this and that we're looking at you know this um that this um financial uh pledges that have been made have been implemented one because we're looking at when you talk about climate change crisis you it's, it's something that affects our economy it's something that affects us socially it affects our lives our properties like our everyday activities so we don't have that time we do not have that time to start waiting for um, for a lot of processes we need implementation and ASAP like like we need it right now so yeah um yeah we did see um Credible milestones was, did see, you know, credible pledges. And uh, I was very, like I said, I was very impressed by the innovative technology so far that I saw there. And most especially, I'm also very happy about, you know, startups and youths that are doing incredible things, you know, and leading this, um, leading the climate change actions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Let, let, let's bring it to home. So, like you, like you rightly uh, mentioned, it's, it's climate change is, is is a global problem. It's it's one that affects affects um, everyone, everywhere. But we must we must also bring it home and say, you know, situate it within within Africa. Look at the African peculiar experiences, our peculiar experience. So uh, prior to the COP twenty eight, a few months before then, you know, we had the. Um, inaugural uh, African climate summit that, that was held in, in, in Kenya. And there were certain, you know, specific call to actions, commitments, and then certain demands, you know, as it relates to African specular experiences of climate change. So with this COP28, do, do you see some sort of alignment? How does it uh, align with that, with those goals 
that were expressed in the African summit. Do you see any response to, to some of the issues that were raised during uh, the African Climate Summit? Um, the COP28 agreement offered like um, significant benefits, you know, to the climate narrative in Africa and um, also looked at um, towards fostering international collaboration, you know, securing funding for climate related projects and addressing regional specific um, challenges such as on international collaboration that COP28 um, encouraged stronger cooperation among African nations and the global community. So we did, um, there was talk about um, shared knowledge, technology um, transfer and joint efforts that can amplify the impact of, you know, uh, climate initiatives addressing um, collective um, challenges. On financial support, we are we are hopeful that the agreements will unlock you know financial resources for Africa and that it will aid in the implementation of um, climate projects and uh, up with uh, increased funding that will support renewable energy infrastructure because even at the African Climate Week, you know a lot of talks were around renewable energy infrastructure investments and also there was almost um, talks on sustainable agriculture. So yes, we are hoping that the um, the funds that were released, you know, we address this and also help with. Uh, resilience building measures that is crucial for you know adapted, uh, adapting to climate change and um, yeah on economic opportunities that we saw that climate action can stimulate green growth and job creation that even at the Zoba Advisory where I work, that almost every day we share opportunities as regards to, to um, that, that's related to climate change, you know, it could be scholarship, it could be grant opportunities, could be, you know, uh, um, um, capacity building um, opportunities. So um, investments in clean energy um, and sustainable practices would help us drive economic development in Africa and contributing to, you know, poverty elevation and fostering long-term stability. So there was actually discussions, you know, that is related to economic opportunities and i'm looking forward to that and um yeah there was also um, we looked at customized solutions customized solutions when i talk about customized solutions is that solutions that are region specific that address region specific specific challenges in africa you know acknowledging the diverse and uh, climate and uh, vulnerabilities across the continent because what europe is facing is not what africa is facing so we so there was talks around customized solutions that could be tailored um, solutions that can address, you know, issues such as water and scarcity, desertification, and um, we looked at um, discussions, you know, emphasized on solutions that, you know, could address the things because we don't want to be talking about, um, 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 we don't want to be looking just at uh, um, icebergs melting because in most places in Africa, you know, there are no snowfalls. So it would be, you know, it, it wouldn't really solve anything for us. So we that robust strategies that could help with um, adapt, um, that could uh, robust adaptation strategies that could help develop um, that could help develop solutions in Africa, considering the historical um, climate data and projections. And uh, we looked at uh, ways that that this can assist um, African nations in preparing for and mitigating the impacts of, you know, extreme weather events um, that, um, that will help in safeguarding our communities and ecosystems. So, um, yeah, on that, I, I was saying that um, we looked at robust strategies that could help with um, adaptation and uh, considering the historical climate data and projections that it could, uh, robust strategies that could help African nations in preparing for and mitigating the impacts of um, extreme weather events and, you know, help us um, safeguard our communities and ecosystems. So we look also looked at um, technological transfer 
um, because the, the the agreement is that uh, that it, like we had uh, there were discussions around agreements that could help us facilitate the transfer of you know climate resilient technologies to African nations and that could help us you know assess uh, advanced tools for clean energy. And if you look at the African um, Climate Change Summit, there were discussions around you know um, clean energy investments, like I mentioned before. And so we also looked at you know efficient um, agriculture and sustainable water management that can enhance the continent adaptation strategies there were robust discussions around you know um, adaptation strategies that could help develop and consider and considering historical um, climate data and projections that would help you know assist african nations in preparing for and um, in preparing mitigation measures that you know like uh, for extreme weather um, events and help us you know with safeguarding communities and ecosystems i was saying you know, a, lot of, a lot of times uh, discussions that have been carried out as regards to us shutting down the fossil fuel oh you 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 mentioned the fossil fuel there's something i want to ask now uh in terms of like what african is coming back to that customized solution and transiting into clean energy and, and also you know all of that stuff uh, it's, it's, it's popularly known that Africa has contributed very little to, to global warming, yet Africa seems to be bearing that burden and all of that, and also looking at the energy poverty in Africa and all of that. How, how is that being factored in into all of this uh, yeah. clean energy? <laughs> yeah, a lot of talks around, you know, um, Africa has contributed little and we bear the brunt of the climate change crisis. And that's more of the reason why we know we were pushing for the loss and damage funds. The loss and damage funds that, you know, that will help us with our biodiversity, that will help us with the lives and property that, that has been lost here. And then, yeah, again, I did mention that a lot of people feel like, okay, shutting down our oil and gas business, given that we're a developing nation, uh, will put us further into debt. And, you know, and, um, we're looking at, uh, for we, we're looking at something that would not put us further into debt, but still again, there's still need for us to, you know, um, take climate actions as well. So, um, and we just, oh, because I've read a lot of articles, I've seen a lot of news, I feel a lot of countries' um, um, pledges that they made. The, the, sad, the sad thing is that a lot of times people come to these clubs, they say they would do this and they would do that, and they go back to their country and do what is best for them. Funny enough, I was watching uh, one of the presidents who said, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, because this is what is best for my country. We are not going to do this, even if it is the right steps to take towards climate action. So you can imagine sort of things. So what do you expect from the African nation, you know, to do if you say you're going to do this and that, and then somebody who is, a, who is from a developing nation, you want them be the first to take actions but notwithstanding we're doing a lot i am very very proud of africa especially african youth i can tell you that we are doing a whole lot when it comes to you know taking actions carrying out you see a lot of uh, african youth organizations you see a lot of organizations in africa that are taking actions from community development projects to plastic recycling you know to uh, creating innovative technologies for uh, the clean energy sector we are all we are actually doing a whole lot so i just feel like um as much as it's been demanded from us we expect that efforts to also be seen out there from uh, you know international um, um developed countries we expect to see such efforts too so on investments that are being that are that you said that are being done at COP, investments that are being you know that that we are being pledged at COP, we hope that majority of this financial investment you know is going to um is going to help 
aid the African community. It's going to help aid our region with, you know, with um like you know investment we want to see investments in clean energy solutions we want like that that, that was said that at the african climate um summit there were talks around uh, um, clean investments in clean energy so solutions so we are hoping that the pledges that have been made you know have been um you know channeled to that not just us it's not just us we are not the only ones that are passing through these issues but we hope that our conditions our issues have been you no know, giving concerns because we are tired of migrating, we are tired of becoming refugees in other nations. We are tired of, you know, like water scarcity, drought, experiencing all those things. We are tired of leaving our homes, our, our families, our businesses. We are tired of lots and properties. So we are hoping that a lot of these funds that has been pledged, you know, will come to the African continent and help us build adaptive uh, adaptation strategies that will help us with our mitigation efforts, you know, towards the net zero target. So we hope to see all of those things soon. I'm quite, I'm quite impressed or happy to hear how you link that into uh, what I call the global kind of disparity or global inequality and see how that also is related to conflicts, related to migration patterns and all of that. Now, if I bring that to the funding, now there's, there's a question of, you know, in the post-colonial uh, era, there's this question of like, you know, AIDS and they should do this, there's the pledges. How much of that is and, and I'm happy again, I'll come back to the youth, you know, driving and at the forefront, at the front foot of, of this campaign. How much of that is Africa taking ownership for? I've seen that the African Union, how much of that are they taking ownership of and taking agency and being at the forefront of, you know, driving this change and also what it takes to, to, to negotiate uh, uh, this kind of change uh, that we're campaigning for? I don't want to be biased, but I would say that Africa, Africa is actually doing it all lot. Not even just, not even. Let me not even go to the top of say and say, okay, the African Union or the, you know, all of those things. I would give, I would, I would answer this question with a story, and then I come back to answer it fully. Now, when I went to Germany, when I was, um, when I arrived Germany, and as our plane was, you know, coming down, I was looking through the, I was just looking down, and I was hoping to see. Uh, I was hoping to see solar panels on all of the roofs, right? All of the roofs in Germany. Why? In Nigeria, I worked with a German company and I've worked with several German, you know, um, German contractors or businesses or organizations that comes to Nigeria to, you know, um, carry out clean energy, that, um, clean, that comes to implement clean energy projects. So I was hoping that, yeah, when I get to this place, I'm going to see that a lot of people, you know, are installing solar power in the roof. Funny enough, why I went there was to, you know, uh, we went for something around um, building and innovative technology solutions. But when we were carrying out our survey, I found out that a lot of people do not want to modify their houses, you know, and, and install these clean energy solutions. So, but when you come to Africa, the only thing that I've stand as a barrier for us to implement anything is funding and finance. Hmm. Funding and uh, uh, finance is the only thing. But when you talk about taking strategic measures, is it about building our capacity? We are there. Is it about, you know, campaigning? Is it about... Um, um, um volunteering is it about contributing our knowledge is it about you know representing ourselves in, in you know in, in um in, in panels and, and and you know going out there to 
to to vocal out our our, our pains is it about trying to create the 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 little you know whatever it is just to to survive this climate change crisis africa is actually doing a lot from the grassroots to the top Africa is doing a lot. So now, um, majority of the things that we are crying for is this uh, is this adaptation funds, is this loss and damage funds, is this uh, finance that we are still begging the global, the, the, the international community. You cost this. You need to support us, given that we are a developing nation, right? Majority of us are just, you know, what we do is for us to feed ourselves. So majority of the issues we are trying to, we are facing now, we can't, we can't even, you know, we can't even combat it. We can't even build proper infrastructures for it because there is not enough finance. But climate change, when you talk about climate change crisis, yes, the majority of us are doing a lot, like in the African nation. I tell, I don't want to mention African youth again, but I tell you they're doing actually a lot. So if you want to talk about we as a, as a nation, we as a community, if we are actually taking steps, if we're taking, um, if, we're, if we're moving towards, you know, combating climate change crisis the answer is yes we are doing something around that but the barriers that i keep on saying today is financial barriers that's what i'm saying today yeah thank you okay what are what are the things that was raised them thanks for that question what are the things that was uh raised in in the african summit it was um, a solution one of the solutions to addressing that funding and finance was uh, a carbon credit where those that have contributed the most, like the, the, the foreign countries or so these developers that have contributed the most to climate change should pay uh, credits. But I'm also critic of that carbon credit. Uh, uh, what, what do you, how do you address these two sides? Looking at how that can also encourage more, uh, 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 more, more people to contribute to that and say, okay, it's just pay for contributing to that. As you know, if you can pay, then you can contribute. Well, how do you, do you see that as a as a good deterrent to, or do you see that as another uh, uh, dead wood? Um, I actually see that as a good deterrent. Um, yeah, I did work on a few carbon uh, credit projects, and I actually see that as a good deterrent. Also, um. For some people, we also um, preached or uh, we. Um, yes, uh, but to add to that, we were talking about uh, the carbon credits. I, I don't know if I got that question right. I want to talk about the carbon tax. So I don't know if that's the same thing or, or slightly different, where people have to pay a tax for for you know their contribution to 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 global warming. But you were yes, talking about um, you know the positive. Yeah, go on. Okay, I said on that right, um, yet it's something I saw as a good deterrent, right? And um, it's something that the government also have to come into play and, you know, um, something you could, for them to uh, implement and say, okay, this is what this company, or this is what this company, um, company according to their carbon emissions you know this is the tax that they need to pay and this is a carbon tax that, that is needed to be paid so um and yeah there are there's some fights and uh, conflicts around that and um also uh for some for some com for some um, companies they're not they're not comfortable with that especially you know private organizations so we also looked at you know other measures that um they could actually um support 
um, initiatives, you know, if there are so many other CSR projects that you could, you know, look into as an organization and say, okay, we might not want to do anything around carbon credits and ta carbon tax and all of those things, but we might want to do something around, you know, implementing, because I see a lot of foundation these days in Africa, a lot of foundations from oil and gas companies, especially a lot of foundations from banks and all of those things, but many, not, not many people are doing, uh, not, not many people want to buy in that, you know, carbon tax. And me, I, for me, if you ask me, I also see manipulation around that. So, um, and I, I, I can't say I have so much knowledge around carbon credits or carbon tax, but um, for the little work I, I have done around that, I would say that I also see some manipulations around around it as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's it has to be a government thing, a government um a government project in the sense that it's something that the government has to put into law or implement and say, okay, we are going to tax you by the emissions, and you know we are going to do this and create. So it's something that I would just um say uh, um it's for um yeah, it's it's okay. I see it as a good deterrent. I see it as a good deterrent. Yeah, and um but when it comes to when it comes to Africa. Uh, right i don't think um i don't think uh or when it comes to nigeria let me not say africa when it comes to nigeria i don't think it's something that has been i there was discussions around that common credit carbon tax there were so many discussions around that but i don't think uh um it's the carbon tax part that i that i've seen that has been implemented i would rather say something around carbon credits that are being implemented because i have someone who is planting 100,000 coconut trees and it's actually you know related to carbon credits and all but um but when it comes to carbon tax i don't think it's something that i've seen in the in the in the i, I would say it's something that has been said but it's not something that has been implemented that's what i would say okay brilliant. Brilliant. before i come to the last question so let me ask you at your company you know as, as the ceo of zoba and climate technology what what is the scope of what 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 you guys are doing and contributing to to the solutions to tech to climate okay. change? Yeah, we started off as um, you know a youth organization that was very focused on policies, and when we started, we started based on uh, we we started run Akatin, and the Akatin was uh, called Nigerian Policy Akatin where uh, we were asked to design solutions that could help us move beyond fossil fuels, right? And that would help us with improving our economy. And I looked at uh, the pledges that was made at COP26, which um, the former president, President Buhari, said something around, you know, implementing a lot of things. And nothing of those things were being implemented. So I said, okay, fine, we are going to call on the, you know, on the president. And also we are going to make further recommendations, you know, further policy recommendations because the legislators were going to be there at the Akaten. So we are going to make further recommendations and say, this is what we want. We want investments in capacity building that could help researchers, that could help our students, you know, to carry out further research around climate change, um, climate change related issues. We want um we want companies to be taxed. We even mentioned something around carbon, you know, credits and carbon tax. So we mentioned that too. We talked about um, a lot of things around um, uh, carbon sequestration as well. So we, we did make our own recommendations. And at the end of the day, yes, we did win. Uh, we did win that, um, that um, Akatin, but it's not just about winning. We kept on looking at the fact that those things that we, we recommended and those things that we said that COP26 will be implemented. And um, good thing was that as of February, 2023, you know, the Nigerian Climate Change Council and everything that was, you know, said 
during all of those times, you know, we saw that it came the fire, it was established, and some of the things that were being said, you know, uh, had come into fruition. So it was, um, it was really, um, it was um, something that made us really happy. But apart from that, uh, we do policy, we do research, we do um, capacity building, we do community development projects, and we work with several youth organizations. We work with several other organizations across the world, you know, in carrying out those things. It could be campaigns, it could be community development projects, it could be capacity building, depending on what each organization wants to work with us on. This January, we are carrying out an educational campaign in um, in Patakot of Nigeria, and um, um, by COP29, we're looking to launch a book um, that is focused on a poem, like a, a storybook anyways, that is focused on, you know, um, collecting the different uh, African uh, African regional um, stories uh, the, 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 as regards to climate change crisis, like what they have experienced. Uh, let's say for Niger Delta, we are expecting stories around oil spill. For people in Kenya, we are expecting stories around, you know, droughts and all of those things. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. So these are some of the things that we do at the Zoba Advisory. We have an orb, a virtual orb. We have share a lot of opportunities as regards to scholarship, grants, um, opportunities as regards to capacity building, you know, help people to build their capacity in the in the course of, you know, trying to take climate change actions. So these are some of the things that we do. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's um, an awe-inspiring um, uh, project that you're doing there. Now, now, if we're speaking, lastly, if you look at the solutions to the to the to these issues and and one of the solutions that you've mentioned that you've also demonstrated through the organization is like the youth the youth that the africa has uh, uh the largest uh, you know youth youth force and and and, uh, and a team in youth population now in addition to that what 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 do you see lastly to see what what are, how do you see the future of climate change in in Africa and, and, and the solutions. How do you see it? What do you see? What what can you predict if you look into the future? I can't predict the future. <laughs> I can only try. <laughs> I can't predict the future. But then again, I, in Africa, we have youths of exceptional visions and skills and and experience who have a role to play, you know, in developing our country by designing and implementing, you know, projects that have positive impact in our society. So yeah, in Africa, I've seen them that they are putting in their efforts, right? Because I have a YouTube. Every day you see different diverse solutions, you know, impressive solutions. So. I know very soon. Uh, I I see that our youth are, are you know are looking to deepen their knowledge on democracy, on human rights, on health benefits, on good governance, on economic empowerment across with you know with their skills and knowledge, and also they are looking to you know every day you see one youth organization springing forth advocating for climate justice. So I'm looking at uh, like I know our youth are so yeah, looking forward that our youth will, be, will continue involve themselves in decision making um and also in, we have been um we have been trained to to run away from politics because we all we, we feel like politics are uh everything around politics is about you know you kill and die and all of those things but now 
Uh, so, but now I'm impressed that I'm seeing our youth are more involved, you know, um, in uh, policies, governance, and they're involved, you know, civil societies, they're sharing their solutions, they're exploring how they can be part of, you know, a lot of uh, uh, revolutions, it could be clean energy revolution, like cultural sustainability and all of that. So um, I'm seeing in Africa, we are, you know, I'm seeing our youth as a future of uh, our society. And uh, we just need to renew and refresh and upgrade, you know, the, the existing and current um, status of our, of, of our society. And um, and I'm I'm looking that we know we continue we continue to contribute our idea to resolve social issues that we continue to you know we look at becoming capable leaders you know and not you know sometimes we criticize our leaders and when we are given the opportunity to get uh, to, to 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 get to that when we get to that point we become like the leaders but I'm hoping that we become capable get a financial opportunity then we will not be able to you know um um and create the solution that we want to create so I'm looking at um. Um, our youth, you know, drafting policies, credible energy governance, and implementation implementation of you know various sustainable solutions in, for for the growth and uh, for the growth and the future Africa we are looking for. Yeah, thank you. Wow, amazing! Thank you, Chizaba. This is um, this is this has been an amazing insight. Uh, regardless of the uh, challenges we have with the technology, uh, you know, you've you've mentioned very critical points and and the take home is how the youth in Africa are waking up and taking charge of their future and getting involved in these uh, crucial and critical issues. Uh, we really, really appreciate your time. We thank you for joining us and sharing your knowledge and experience with us. And um, uh, we hope that our listeners will um, benefit immensely from from and your youth yourself as well and being at the forefront and you know passionate about this subject so we really really appreciate uh your coming in today thank you thank you very much thank you so much thank you for hosting me you're welcome Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to uh, a wonderful episode. Uh, I would thank um, Chizaba Nziako for joining me today to talk about uh, an important global issue and one that also uh, uh, affects Africa in a very, very uh, specific way. And to hear all of those um, credible and impressive uh, solutions that are that the youth in Africa are driving. So we're very grateful to have uh, Chizaba with us. Thank you. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bless.